This podcast is created in partnership with Film Studies and the Faculty of Arts and Social Sciences at the University of Sydney. We acknowledge the tradition of custodianship and law of the country on which the University of Sydney campuses stand, as well as the Darug people, where we all grew up. We pay our respects to those who have cared for and continue to care for country. I wish I knew how to quit. I see Right, Mr. DeMille, I'm ready for my close-up. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. Get away from her, you bitch! I'm gonna go! Do you want me to go f***ing flash your lights? Take two. Film verse. Film. Hello, listeners, and welcome to Film versus Film, the podcast where every episode we throw two different films into the ring, discuss their place in history, their modern virtues, and how they stack up against each other. Which film will hold up and which film will be left on the cutting room floor in this special mini-season? We're going to the Oscars. Yes, today we're kicking off with our draft of the worst Oscar-winning best picture films of the 21st century. Next week we're doing our predictions for the 2024 awards as well as discussing our own favourite films of 2023. Then our third and final episode for Oscar season will be us ranking the best picture Oscar winners of the new millennium and looking at how we went with our predictions. I'm filmmaker Craig Anderson and joining me today are my two best friends from high school, identical twins who decided that living under apartheid South Africa just sucked. So they moved <laughs> to Western Sydney and the rest is history. That's exactly what I said. Boys, sucks. We got to go. First up, one of the most well-read individuals on foreign affairs, law, international politics, and the work of Steven Seagal. <laughs> <laughs> it's Herschel Isaacs. I got to say, look, like, so in prepping for this episode, and I do take this podcast very seriously, as you both know, and I prep for every episode. Yes. This rocked me. Looking at these movies, mm, I yeah. was level. Yeah. I nearly fell off my chair in prepping for this, so I cannot wait to get into this. Can I just say, I like the the yeah. connection to Steven Seagal that you made with Herschel, uh-huh. because for some random reason, he's been talking so much about Steven Seagal <laughs> in the no, last well, couple months. I don't know I why. I think it's cyclical. Every seven years, it comes to The thing with Seagal. <laughs> something about Seagal. Seagal, right? um, he, he, he bottoms out at a certain point, okay. though. But if you go under siege, <laughs> under siege 2... Um, yeah, we've got the early good. stuff, Nico above the law and yeah, all that yeah, stuff. That's a pretty good. But there's a problem with Seagal okay. in that no, after a certain oh, point... Hang on, hang on. We will get to Seagal. We'll litigate the Seagal in So there was episode. a little joke just to introduce you, <laughs> and I didn't know you'd get onto the Seagal whole thing. Seth shouldn't have mentioned it, Sadly, really. he's not in the Oscars yeah. list, though. <laughs> that's, that's sad. <laughs> okay. Listen, we're also joined by his identical twin brother, a low-class film slob teaching at a high-class institution. It's this... Is that okay to say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Keep, yeah, keep yeah, well, good. On. It's the Associate Professor of Film at the University of Sydney, Bruce Isaacs. Hi, guys. So excited to be starting. Uh, we're not kicking off season three, but this is like a special Oscars one. Yeah, so we're doing these three episodes and then we're coming back strong For with season our three, special. Which, which we're already starting to build and it is looking very yeah, exciting. Yeah, it's, so, it's really exciting. Some of the films we've got coming exciting. up. It's, because wow. next to season three and mm. its development so far, one and two just look like crap. <laughs> I mean, we are so sorry that you've listen to them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, today we're doing another draft in the style of the excellent American film podcast Screen Drafts, which does an excellent job of gamifying our love of film and making it fun and exciting. I strongly recommend it. Uh, you can listen to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, just search Screen Drafts. And they do all types of things like the, the best films of Tarantino or 
cartoons from the 1930s. Like it's, they literally have done hundreds and they have really good guests. Uh, and I just want to say, like the folks yeah. that I listen to, who, uh, the folks that I talk to who listen to our podcast said that the draft we did at the end of last year mm. was like one of the, the funnest yeah, episodes that they listened to. A few so, people reached out to me and said it was so funny. I know that the other well, guys who great. invented this format um, you know, <laughs> the people we're we, stealing from. They yeah. invented yep. it. We perfected, we perfected it, didn't we? Okay. So that's, they're going to sue us now. <laughs> We'd normally do our normal show. That is back soon, but we are having a bit of fun with the Oscars. Today, we take the list of the top Oscar-winning films from the year 2000 and rank the seven worst films that have been awarded the top prize. We're talking about famous directors like Bong Joon-ho, Martin Scorsese, Catherine Bigelow, and of course, Ben Affleck. (laughs) We're also talking about well-known movies like Lord of the Rings, Return of the King, and everywhere, everything everywhere, all at once, which of course didn't fare well in our... uh, No, it got last, didn't it? It it came last. I I pummeled that movie. It it came worse than Blue Steel. Um, so that might not and the be... toy worse than blue steel, worse than. The <laughs> I wonder toy. how it's going to do today. We also uh, will be looking at some of the little remembered or underseen films like Coda and Nomadland, mm. who have won Best Pictures. If you're not sure, they've uh, run them in the last ten years. It's so an amazing list. That's what yeah. I'm saying. The point I'm trying to make yeah, is you're like surprised it's really when you weird. Look at it. The yeah. whole thing is very weird. So which films will end up in our bottom seven? And in two weeks' t- time, we're going to find out which films are in our favorite mm. top seven spots. Stick with us, listeners, as today we're up for a lot of gameplay, trivia, and strategy. Have you forgotten this trivia today? Uh, I did, and Uh now that you said it, I'm Uh so excited because that's my favorite part. Okay, good. Uh, I want to remind listeners that we grew up in Western Sydney, and we want to give a shout-out to the Darug land where Mm. we were raised. Uh, Today we thought we'd do something a little different because we're in Oscar season, so Bruce... I believe that you've been making a video for the University of Sydney. Yes, that's right. Uh, their TikTok account, right? If you want to watch TikTok it. TikTok and Instagram. Right, you can see it there, and that's got many tens of thousands of uh, followers. Yeah, I, and I want to say thank you to uh, it's a lot of students, and I think just sometimes people just see me and go, hey, I love those videos. Mm. So thank you to everyone who like, clicks on those things. But we did, um, was it like funniest or yeah, most absurd th- I moments it's the in the history of five, the Oscars? Top five funny moments from the Oscars, which you can check out on their account if you want. But we're going to go through that list now, and yeah. we're going to add our own here. Um, <laughs> Bruce, what have you got but on one, that list? Uh, yeah. yeah, but one on the list is going to reveal something about the draft, which okay. is a concern. Okay, okay. so um, you might not want to watch that little video on TikTok <laughs> if you don't want to spoil this. But yeah. if you've seen it, just forget everything you know, <laughs> and let's not mention it here. Yeah, let's okay, just talk about some of the other okay. crazy moments. So uh, I, I also want to preface this by saying Herschel and I grew up with the Oscars. Mm-hmm. The Oscars has always been a movie presence. Hey, really quick, interesting trivia. What's your first memory, Herschel, of yeah. a movie that was significant at the Oscars yeah. that kind of stood out in your mind? Oh, man. Because like, I remember South Africa. We were eight years old. Okay, so... I don't know if this is the same thing, but a movie that stood out for me was Goodfellas because it was nominated for a bunch of awards. But we, at the same time, had gone into The Godfather. Mm. So we couldn't understand The Godfather because Channel 9 played their, their AO rating, the modif. Yeah. So it was uncut. Sorry, and in Australia, that means adults only. Adults yeah, only. Rating on television. So it was uncut starting at 9.30. And we watched Godfather 1 and 2 on on, on, on um, sequential weekends. And... Then Goodfellas came out, and Roger Ebert said it was the greatest ever mob movie. And so we thought, okay, we're going to watch Goodfellas. And it was, it's, it, it was big at the Oscars. Yeah. But when we watched it, we were going like, 
I don't even know what the hell's going on here because we couldn't understand. Well, it's it was, such a it different, such a complex kind of movie, yeah. right? But that was also the year the dancers rules scooped the pool, and mm. I remember vividly being just. You know, for all the crap that movie's got, it is still a touchstone movie for well, me. Well, for me, it's John Barry's score. Oh, every sure. time you Barry say score. that, and every time that won an award, they'd play the score. Absolutely. And I remember how it's glorious. You know, but for all the, like, some of the sort of silliness in the movie, there are just cinematic moments that are so striking. Mm. But I was going to say, the it, it movie for me that I remember as the beginning of the Oscars fascination, Amadeus. Uh, because yes, yeah. that was 84 yeah. and won everything. And I remember, like, I think and we watched, like, 10 minutes of it. And, and they were like, referencing. can't watch it because we're eight years old. I'm yeah, going to watch yeah. Amadeus. But right. then they were referencing Miller's Foreman. They were referencing yeah. One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest. And That's they were right. going, mm-hmm. the new master, the, the master comes back. It was that whole but kind also, of But that was the year thing? of another movie, The Killing Fields by Roland Joffe. Oh, wow. So that year was The Killing Fields, which is about the Camille Rouge. Yeah. See, uh, not, not, which not I think to, is a really poor film. Not so much to be Okay. Yeah, but I, I mean, Killing Fields now, I think, uh, is a really middle brow, like, I think it's dated very poorly, whereas Amadeus, Ooh. I think, is still a masterpiece. If you, wanted, if you wanted to torture me this afternoon, you could force me to watch The Killing Fields. <laughs> hey, 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 come on now. It's The Killing Fields. <laughs> My first memory of that was Silence of the Lambs. Yes. Oh, and, and, was... and it was significant because it was horror. And mm. I, it, well, some people classify it as horror. It yeah. was also falls into thriller and um, crime. But I remember just being so excited that something that was horror was even in the conversation. Yeah. It's, it's similarly for comedy. Like anything that was comedy or horror getting close was yeah. so exciting. I want to I keep going with Silence of the Lambs because when that came out, like Bruce and I were always into the trivia of movies and stuff like yeah. that, right? So when Silence of the Lambs came out, they it was the, it was the third movie to win the top five Oscars. Best yes. picture, best actor, Which, actress. Which, bringing back to Milos Foreman, yeah. was the one last time before One Flew the Cuckoo's yeah. Nest, and then it happened one night, way back, uh, like wow. 1940 something, 41 or I whatever. I think it might even be like late 30s. Something, yeah. All right, we've gotten off track. Okay, We're yeah, meant yeah, to okay. be talking oh, okay. about the funny stuff. Okay, at number... And Bruce, I'd like to just say that we're not referring to intentionally funny moments like the stand-up Oh, no, no, or... these are things that were unpredicted. It just kind of happened. No, this isn't Billy Crystal bringing out something as a stunt during a thing no, no but I do have at number five a thing that did happen in a very funny Billy Crystal host okay, Academy all right. so this was the year of City Slickers yes and so classic, at number classic. five there was go. a lot of talk that a guy called Jack Palance now I don't know if people are into the American Western as I am but Jack Palance is a guy that you will see all the way through the 50s and 60s mm-hmm. and if you have seen a movie called Shane for example he's a very famous bad guy dressed in black anyway so he's in City Slickers and He's kind of riffing on his own history of the Western persona. He's doing what Eastwood did in Unforgiven. Absolutely. If you, if you but, go back to but our for episode. Funny, for gags, right? Yes, he's making yeah. fun of it. And yeah. it's, it's very clever. It's very tongue-in-cheek. Anyway, so amazingly, <laughs> Palance wins Best Supporting Actor on the yes. Night. Now, Billy Crystal is hosting. And, and, and we have to remember, Billy Crystal is the star of yes. city stickers. So Palance comes out, it is, it starts <laughs> into his speech, and his whole speech became about how even as an aging person, you can be like <laughs> meaningful and you can be yeah. viral and stuff. You know, there are times when uh, when you reach a certain age plateau where the, uh, the producers say, they talk about you and they say, well, what do you think? Can we risk it? Can we do it? Can we use him? The other guy says, I don't know, let's look at some younger ones. We can make them look older. So then he proceeds to get on the (laughs) ground at the Oscars. And Yosh and I were watching this live, right? I watched it live. I remember this. He's on the ground. He starts doing push-ups, but then he goes to one-arm push-ups. Yeah. Yeah. The guy was, what was he, 75 or something? Like, for instance, you know, you go out there and you do these. (laughs) 
but the other thing with Crystal as well, and that was I, I don't brilliant. Know, I don't it know so who funny. his team of writers and are. For, but can I say, people who have not seen that, go to YouTube and watch it. You it's, cannot it's believe best, a man did that. But the best thing is the that Oscars. That entire film is Billy Crystal being intimidated by him and scared yes. of him, and he's yeah. just kicking his ass and everything. Yeah. And then to get on stage at, at the Oscars to win an Oscar in front of Billy, yeah. and then to go ha- and then go down on one arm to do push-ups just, just to rub it in his face. <laughs> Billy Crystal, God, I crap bigger than him. Throughout the night, then mm. Billy Crystal references the Jack Palance thing. So, he, like, he comes out at one yeah. point and he goes, "Oh yeah, um, uh, Jack Palance is at the back bench pressing at the moment." <laughs> so, like, I he, think he, he also said at one point he goes, "Oh, I just have an update. Jack Palance is out of the back taking three point shots." <laughs> like, it's just he would say this throughout the night, and it was just very funny. And in fact, the whole Oscars and all the media post Oscars mm. was about Jack Palance's award speech. Yeah, yeah, just before yeah, we leave yeah. Jack Palance. The other thing about that is, so it's one of the it's one of the um, supporting actor Oscars or um, uh, supporting Oscars where it's the least amount of time a person's on screen mm. to win the award. Mm. So remember Judy Dench was on screen for next to nothing in, in Shakespeare in Love. Shakespeare in yeah. Love. So she's on what, like, like six, I don't know, minutes six minutes or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. something Jack Palance is on for next to nothing. Now, I do think he's amazing in it, but come on, like win an yeah. Oscar for but like, I mean that we, 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 I'm sure we're going to litigate the whole thing of where does the Oscars get get its sense of value, yeah. right? Which is something I've never, well, I've always been intrigued by. Well, when you look at the list we've got. <laughs> yeah. Okay, number four, one of my favorite, and I always feel kind of, it, it comes from the charm of Warren Beatty, right? <laughs> okay. So this was the year of La La Land and Moonlight. Oh my God. And so we've been waiting the whole night, and it was one of the true years when it was unclear who was going to win the best picture mm-hmm. because it was be- it was it was neck and neck yeah, la la land and and moonlight right yeah and so uh, Warren Beatty and Faye Dunaway come out now <laughs> they are the two that they they the, the Bonnie and Clyde mm. so to see these great kind of you know actors from the halcyon days of a kind of artistic american and it was lovely to see but you, the minute Warren walked out, you knew this dude had been on the champagne, right? So he comes out. He's also old. He's like, yeah. He opens it up, and it's clear. Now, I encourage everyone to go immediately to YouTube and study the facial expressions of the moment from when the card opens. The Academy Award for Best Picture. You're impossible. Come on. La La Land. All of the La La Land team stand. That's like twenty people. Yeah. Because it's the you know it's the it's the whole producing yeah, yeah, team. Yeah. It's the director. It's the stars. All stand. They start hugging each other. Emma Stone's going mad. They all walk up on stage, <laughs> and then so we're watching it. And then at a certain point, probably like four minutes into this, the guy's already giving a speech. Mm. Was it that long? So yeah, actually, there was oh, a speech. Went out yeah. of control. He's speaking, and then he comes out and goes, "This is not a joke. I've just been told." It wasn't La La Land, it's Moonlight. <laughs> <laughs> Warren read the wrong yeah, name. Yeah, yeah. We lost, by the way, you but, you know. Guys, guys, <laughs> I'm sorry. No, there's a, this, there's a mistake. Moonlight, you guys won Best Picture. Moonlight won. Come on, this is not a joke. Come this up. is not a joke. I'm afraid they read the wrong thing. This is, this is not a joke. Moonlight has won Best Picture. Moonlight, Best Picture. What was he doing? Does anyone well, know? Well, the card was stuffed, wasn't it? Yeah, th- so I actually, there was a, a, a piece done, I believe, oh. by the New Yorker or something on this. Mm. Now, what's interesting about it is that the, the nominations mm. and, the, and the winners are in two groups. 
and they send it in different ways to get to the auditorium in case one's lost. Like they actually back it up to that extent. Then they have two different setups. Hang on, like the, the physical the cards physical, the physical and briefcases card. are yeah. sent in two different ways. And they come out right. and they set it up at different points in the stage. So it's all very carefully orchestrated. What happened here was that somebody got confused with the cards. <sighs> yeah. And the whole thing was a, like, to an extent, it's just a logistical error. That's all that happened here. But Warren apparently that he got a second card of yeah. Emma Stone winning for La La Land. So he, what he was looking at oh. was Emma he, he Stone, the, Best Actress, La La Land. But I think because he's on the champagne, he like he's getting desperate. He sees the word La La Land. Oh, so his general puzzlement was because he... It he, was, he doesn't know what he's genuine. looking at. It yes. Was, yes. I mean, this is like, the other... When you get the wide shot of now, like the whole... Tier, Warren Beatty, he's still standing there. He's mm. red in the face. <laughs> but he's still... He's laughing about yeah. it. Yeah. He thinks it's a very funny event. The, whereas the people who won the, the event, event don't think it's mm. a funny that's event. That's the key. Because right? Faye Dunaway, you can see... She's rattled, She's mortified. Right, yeah. like she's absolutely. I'm gonna go down as the laughing stock <laughs> of Hollywood yeah. for a hundred years. But Warren Beatty is actually having a good time when this happened. And I think he did a whole circuit of talk shows the next uh, couple of days to explain <laughs> what happened. And he was pretty funny on this. Okay, number three. To call this funny might seem to some people inappropriate. I don't think it's inappropriate. Okay. It's a slap heard around the world. Oh. So, Bruce. Uh, check this out, right? Guess this is how, highly controversial. I know, but hey. Okay. Uh, guess how I heard oh, what about Some people it. have referred to as the angel slap. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. That's oh, what, no. that's that's what uh, Jada that's, Pinkett Smith yeah, said. Yeah, it was okay. an angel slap. That's just recently. Isn't yeah, it? that's yeah, quite yeah, recent. Yeah, yeah. But of course, this one, unlike the other two events, everyone knows about. We know what we're talking about. Um, guess how I found out about it? I had to go into a Zoom meeting with the dean, right? <laughs> so I get on the, the first thing Lisa Atkins said was did you hear what just happened at the Oscars and this is what she said to me wait well, sorry who's Lisa Atkins? oh she's the, the dean, dean of the faculty of arts and social sciences she goes I think Will Smith just punched Chris Rock in the face <laughs> <laughs> and so because she knows I've been filming so, so I go yeah. what do you mean she goes I'm not kidding at the Academy Awards which is on at the moment mm. I think Will Smith just punched Chris Rock in the face. So then, of course, I have to have the meeting with the dean. We talk about important stuff like student experience and so on. The minute I get out of that, I'm onto every bit of media, and I discover, in fact, it's true. I remember live in the Oscars. Yeah, a person got up, walked out the front, and slapped the host in the mm. face in front of the the glitterati of the Hollywood establishment. Uh oh, Richard! <laughs> Oh, wow. Wow. Will Smith just smacked the shit out of me. Keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth. Wow, dude. Yes. It was a G.I. Jane jump. Keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth. I'm going to, okay? But then we were hitting up our WhatsApp going... As everyone yes. just seen yes. what I just We yeah. started yeah. going, is this true? Is this fake? Is this a gag? Or? I, I was working at ABC just watching a Twitter feed in the background while yeah. I was working, you know, <laughs> yeah, pretending yeah. to work. And then I saw Will Smith just slapped and I was like, okay. I couldn't but like comprehend. And yeah. then it said slap, slap. And then they started posting GIFs of it. And I'm like, what the hell? Yeah. And that was the end of and the, the other day. Thing is, I, I thought just, after talking to Lisa, I thought when I went online, it's going to be, oh, you know, it's like it's semi-gag or it's a bit playful. Yeah. Someone, no, a man walked up and kind of open slap. But open, like, out of anger. That was the weird thing. I, fully out of anger. All of us thought it was a prank. And Will okay, Smith but, okay. was doing this macho thing walking up. And it was like, whoa, this is like full on aggression. So here's the thing. 
That went live. Uh, so it was obviously live, right? Mm. But when I went in to watch it again and again, um, it turned out that the United States um, coverage of it had edited the pre-stuff. Remember yeah. that, like Will Smith's yeah. pre-stuff, Yes, right? and we had to see that later, yeah. Where I found that, first people to run that was in Korea. Mm. So they came out with all of Will Smith's preamble yeah. when he's going, hey, and all of that stuff, yeah. right? That's when you knew. That's the first time I thought, this is not a gag. So prior to that, I actually thought it was a gag. But it was also fodder for some incredibly funny things mm -hmm. over the next couple of years. <laughs> I could, oh, okay. That was a... Greatest night in the history of television. Okay. So that's why it's on okay. your list of funniest moments. So that was, what, so yeah, that was my number three, okay? okay. So, okay, we, okay. Number two is a moment I will treasure for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. It concerns a certain John Travolta. Oh, is this okay. is <laughs> so I just, and Craig and Herschel know that occasionally they'll be like we at my it. place and for no reason I'll just go to YouTube and put it on yep. and we'll all just watch it, right? <laughs> this is the moment where John Travolta is introducing uh, Idina Menzel, who was a huge superstar of this moment mm. because of the film Frozen. Um, so John Travolta's out <laughs> there and um, we're watching it. And of course, as, a, as an introducer, you've got to like build up the person. So he's going, and I would like to introduce, <laughs> he says something like, the amazing, the wickedly talented. <laughs> and then he just goes, it, from the Oscar-winning animated movie Frozen, please welcome the wickedly talented one and only Adele Dazeen. So he didn't know what he was saying. Mm. And then the really difficult part was she then had to appear. Yeah. And his introduction had been a complete screw-up of her name. <laughs> and I remember watching this live thinking, oh, no, we've just seen Oscar's magic again. Yeah, but you know, you know what I love about this particular moment? I love that you've got it this high in the list. There's only goodwill and a heartfelt warmth that comes from this moment. Like afterward, Travolta said, look, the reason this happened was because the people who were feeding me the information, they screwed up. It wasn't my the fault. Teleprompter. I never wanted yeah. this to happen. Yeah, but apparently they, they stuffed up the phonetics because mm. he didn't understand that they'd written her name phonetically. Ah. To assist him with the pronunciation, yeah. So he's looking. At so he's, a, he's expecting because he had done his own homework. He yeah. had actually, he had actually prepared away. it. So he, prepared. he knew a name, but imagine he, he opens his card. Like, no, no, his, his prompter comes up, yeah, yeah. and it's this phonetic arrangement. And, of and her he name. said later on, he said, "This is a, down the track." He said that he thought that it was a different person that he was he was <laughs> oh, introducing no. because he said the name wasn't what I what yeah, I yeah, what yeah. I prepped. So the beauty of it is, is it's actually a lovely moment. She's completely over it. Like yeah. she, she, she's not angry with him at all, mm. right? After because <laughs> it's just a genuine mistake. All right, and then number one is we're not going to reveal here. We're not going to reveal it. Number one is just a sound bite, which is extremely funny. Yeah, so you can just watch. And I don't want to say what it is. You can watch that on the video. Go to the University of Sydney's TikTok or Instagram, yes. and you can watch this video. But it'll be much more shorter and succinct than what we've that done we, today. We just did thirty minutes on the funniest moments. <laughs> yeah, this yeah, is yeah. about forty-five. I mean, seconds. I'm going to cut this down to yeah, a few yeah. minutes. I hope. Yeah. So what's happening today? During the week, I produced a list of the 23 films that won the Best Picture Oscar since the year 2000. And Bruce and Herschel have ranked them. And today we're drafting the seven worst films. And in two weeks' time, we're going to draft the seven best out of those 23. Boys, have you got your rankings in order? Yes, I do. I do have my rankings in order, yes. Let's have a look now at the list. So we're going to start um, all the way back in the year 2000. 
the film Gladiator. So sometimes they, they are for the... I think they list them as 2000, but they might have come out the year before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we've got Gladiator, A Beautiful Mind, Chicago, The Music. We've got Lord of the Rings, Return of the King in 2003. We've got Million Dollar Baby, the Clint Eastwood-directed film, right? Mm, yes. Yeah. Um, it's Crash in 2005. The Departed, which we've covered on this podcast. We have. What, what did we do The Departed against? Uh, Blue Steel. Blue Steel. <laughs> We've got trouble. All right. No Country for Old Men in 2007 by the Coen Brothers. Can I also say that was the year of There Will Be Blood? In which, uh, 2007. With Million Dollar No, no, no. Oh, no, no Country for no Old Men. No Country for Old Men. Right, right. Those were the two going for it. Yeah. But, okay, so we're, gonna, we're getting into this like, down the track. Mm. But there are some movies on this I would put in the top 10 anytime, right? Mm-hmm. Most of it I wouldn't. <laughs> okay. Well, we've also got Slumdog Millionaire from the following year. The Hurt Locker. The King's Speech. The Artist from 2011. Mm. Um, Argo from 2012. 12 Years a Slave. Then we've got 2014's Birdman. Spotlight. Moonlight. <laughs> <laughs> the Oscars had this fetishization yeah, yeah. of light. Yeah, yeah. For a, for All you needed years. to do in 2018 was make a movie with light in it. <laughs> Um, okay, The Shape of Water, The Green Book, which we've covered on the podcast versus The, the Toy, Toy by Richard Pryor, uh, with Richard Pryor. We've got Parasite from 2019, Nomadland, Coda, and last year's Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. So they are the 23 films that we are playing with today. What are your thoughts on them? Do you have opinions? Do you have any of those that you absolutely love? And I hope they don't end up on the 7 today. We will find out. As part of the gameplay, I'm also going to allow the drafters, Bruce and Herschel, to have two vetoes each. A veto is to be used whenever you disagree with the other drafters' choice. So I'm not playing at all in yeah. this, this session. Okay. Okay? Um, so you can use your vetoes when you d- disagree and you want to move something up or down the list or knock it out altogether. And um, vetoes that you don't use in this round will carry over to the next round. So you'll get two, and if you don't use them, you can use two in the next for the best of. So it really is a matter of what do you care about more, the best of or the worst of yep. draft. Just yep. to clarify, yep. the seventh worst mm. uh, is... Much it's a much better film than the yes. first. Yes, yeah. so yes, we're going, yes. We're, we're, yeah, we're going yeah. towards. Just want to yeah. clarify, we're okay. heading towards yeah. hell. The, the pinnacle yeah. is the worst. Is the worst. We're going seven. We're doing it one. like um. I oh know. I was going to say, does Dante's um, Infernos does that go downwards or upwards? Seven. Uh, the it's a good question. I funny, when you started with Dante, I was going to go. Where are you going? Dante's peak. <laughs> yeah, Dante's <laughs> peak. Because <laughs> Dante's Inferno <laughs> is far too highbrow reference for this show. Okay. okay. I can't. I'll, I can't I'll help it because we've watched so many movies. But in Dante's peak, no, no, when the old lady goes into the lava, <laughs> okay. that's one of the funniest things you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> it's up with it there with the cow in Twister. <laughs> All right. Remaking Twister at the moment, actually. I've seen the trailer for Twisters. The, the, um... <laughs> whoa, 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 just back that up a yeah. second. Are uh-huh. you telling me that the next Twister film is called Twisters? A part of the Super Bowl mega release of trailers included yeah. wow. Twisters with Glenn Powell. I mean, what executive came up with this idea? <laughs> you know what? Oh. We had Twister. We don't twist Are you kidding me? That's a, that's the biggest money earner that you can possibly. You know what get. they did? That's Very similar to James Cameron. They just wrote the word twister and then added a s, <laughs> s with a dollar yeah, except sign. Aliens. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Hey, yeah. they should release it like that. Twisters yeah. with a dollar, dollar sign. sign that the would be so yeah. great. So anyway, Bruce Isaac, <laughs> yes. you get to choose now between drafter A who picks positions one, four, and six. So the biggest turkey at number one, four, and six, and draft B. Which the, that person drafter B will be two, three, five, and seven. I would like to uh, to select one, four, and six. 
drafter. You have selected a. drafter A. Okay, so you both get two videos. I just want the the number one spot. The interesting thing for me is I suspect that there's going to be a lot more commonality in this list than we had in our draft last year. Well, I think I, well, I was surprised last year. I thought there'd be more commonality. Yeah. So we'll see how you well, go. That's this what time. I thought of all last time that there'd be way more commonality, and then you discover that hey, we've got really different thoughts. Yeah, but three quarters of the list here, turkeys. <laughs> yeah, okay, here's go. the big rule for both okay. of these: once you use one of these films in the worst off list, you cannot use it in, in the, the best, best off okay. list. Okay. So as we learned for <laughs> last time, what are you saying that the the, the the both the best and the worst? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you both have different yeah, opinions. Maybe it's that different. And that's that, what yeah. your vetoes are for. If yeah. someone puts something you think, if Parasite, yeah. might, you know, someone puts a great film. <laughs> Parasite in, is the worst. Uh, yeah. You might get, you know, you'll have to use your veto. I so, would be yeah. mortally offended. I think it's time to play. Let's go. The worst of uh, best picture Oscar winners from the year 2000 onwards. Bruce, you uh, know it is Herschel, Drafter B. You're picking position number seven. So can you write down on a piece of paper, please, and show me what you've selected for position number seven. So okay, remember look, we're saying this is the seventh worst This film. is the seventh worst film. This is not the worst film. Yeah. This is the seventh I'm actually worst. really happy with this choice. And by coincidence, I watched this movie probably three months ago with everyone at home. So mm-hmm. this is my seventh worst. So we've got a lot of sword and sandal films. We've got Gladiators. We've got Return of the Kings. We've got some sci-fi Shape of the Water. We've got a lot of dramas. We've got some... Crazy films like Everything Everywhere All at Once. We've got Birdman, 12 Years a Slave, <laughs> historical dramas. Argo, I guess, is a bit historical. The artist is very, how would you put it, silent. Okay. <laughs> Herschel, you have handed me. I don't think this is controversial, to be he honest. Pick, he has picked a film that is a historical epic. Okay. It is directed by Ridley Scott, and I am talking about the Russell Crowe starring... Gladiator from the year 2000. Really interesting. So, okay, I didn't have it in my seven. Did, didn't you have it in your seven? But I had it near to the seven. Okay, all right. So, I, okay. Can, I, can I say where I had it in my rankings overall? Sure. I had it as my ninth worst film. Okay. Of the so, Herschel, you so, think so that's the, the seventh worst film here? The reason I say it is because, so as I was saying before, um, by coincidence, I watched it three, three months ago, probably mm. the first time I watched it in, in at least five years, more than that. And... I haven't seen it since it came out. Yeah, so no, yeah. there is something. Look, I, I try to watch about. I only got through about half an hour, and I just got to like I thought it was just. I'll okay. watch anything with Joaquin Phoenix in it, and, and he is fantastic in this. Yeah, but like I said to both of you as we were driving in this morning, aside from that recent thing where Russell Crowe is exercising a demon as the Pope, <laughs> okay, Gladiator is okay, but. It's nothing more. But it's also got that Ridley Scott stigma but it's, to it. It's you know? just like an action movie. It's nothing more than a, like a, a like a base. No, okay, it's a basic action movie. That's all it is. I I feel Ridley Scott was a hugely compromised filmmaker through the two thousands. He hasn't made a good one in twenty years. Well, I mean, and even when he does have a huge success like The Martian, mm. which is I think The Martian is really great. It's great, but it's not the kind of hard-hitting stuff he was trying to do in the 80s. And if you're going to you know, make... And, and I think that's unfortunate. If you're going to make a straight-up action movie, then, look, I'm comparing you to some of the best, like Commando, things like that. Mm. Okay, this is just... Steven Seagal. <laughs> this, okay. like, it's just an Hard action movie. Kill. <laughs> a straight-up straight action movie shouldn't be, <laughs> shouldn't be among the great... Revenge. Or voted as the best movie of the year. That's I mean, crazy. No, I agree with that. I, mean, is, I actually yeah. think it got a lot of attention because it was an attempt to kind of reinvigorate the massive 
epic sort of And I think people in the Hollywood year 2000, that, right? the turn of millennia, people are looking yeah, yeah, for nostalgia I, I think, to go back to that type yeah. of thing. Well, it was better. You know? They, they yeah. went for the biggest stuff. I absolutely yeah. think it was. Also, I think you're right, Craig. There was something about that we're flirting with digital. We mm. want to see what it can do. And some of the crowds, I mean, some of it's dated horribly. But back then, people thought, oh, my God. This but is interestingly, amazing. so Richard Coliseum. Harris, I think Richard Harris and Joaquin Phoenix mm. together, fantastic. Yeah. Then Richard Harris dies, and that's a big loss to the movie. Mm. Because then Russell Crowe's carrying the entire movie at that point. So can I just say now what the other films up that year for were, for Best Picture nominees were Traffic. Yeah. I, I, love, I actually love Traffic. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, lot. Yeah. Aaron Brockovich. Yeah. And... Ang Lee's Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. So that's be yeah. So Steven Soderbergh got two movies. Yeah, that's Traffic. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, look, it has to be either Traffic or Crouching Tiger. Mm-hmm. The fact that the other three are even considered is absurd. Well, the, the Gladiator wins it, right? Yeah, but I know. imagine Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. That would be Crouching loved Tiger that is extraordinary. I just watched it about six months yeah. ago. I'm not watching that disaster. It's actually. wonderful. Well, there it is. So that's Gladiator but winning. Also, Traffic was yeah. doing this almost novelistic cinema, right, which became such a big thing of multiple characters across different geographic spaces, um, complicated geopolitical, you know, on such a level, I don't know, it's like grown-up cinema versus Gladiator. <laughs> oh, Gladiator took it out, and that's why it's at number seven. All right, well, we must move on now to our sixth worst film, and it is Drafter A, which is Bruce. So could you write down on a piece of paper... What is the sixth worst film, in your opinion, from the Oscars over the last 23 years? <laughs> so Sorry, I've just read it, and it did make me laugh, because um, you forget about this type of thing. <laughs> I'm interested to see where Herschel comes down in this movie. I am. I mean, I, ha- I, I must admit, I haven't seen it, because I always found that the look of it was so... Um, we're talking about a sci-fi is sort of inspired love yes. story. We're talking sci-fi, about but what kind of fantasy, bit of magic realism. I don't think this is even on my I list. I don't know how else to describe it, but it was. I mean, to think of it now, I I, I just can't help but laugh. We're doing 2017's The Shape of Water yes. at position number six by Gil, Gil, uh, um, Guillermo del Toro. Guillermo del Toro. <laughs> so del Toro did. A movie called Pan's Labyrinth, which is much lauded, much Very loved, good. should have got so much attention. Yeah. Really, one of the great kind of films about uh, Spanish Revolution, the issue. I'm excited. One um, of the kids is studying it at school now. I was like, "Oh, awesome! You're doing Pan's Labyrinth." No way! That's yeah, yeah. fantastic. Because they're using it to talk about the the, 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 the Spanish or the Civil War. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And well, there's an. There's a, I mean, if people are interested in listening, there's a wonderful film tradition, a Spanish film tradition, which is like a reflection on the Civil War mm. and the and the decades under dictatorship. And the great thing about Spanish filmmakers, like some of my favorites, like um, Del Toro comes later, but Almodovar is, is mm-hmm. the wave after. But before that, like Victor Ruiz, who amazingly has got a new movie out just in the last year, first wow. in 30 years. Anyway, these guys, you just get banned. You make anything that was in a remotely interesting or subversive, you get banned, right? So they would have to smuggle in all these allegorical things. And it's a wonderful film tradition. Mm. Pan's Labyrinth is one of those, but outside of dictatorship. But then to give him best picture for Shape of Water, it's like, are we for real here? This okay. guy's made so many wonderful things. Look, I, I don't have a problem with this on at this position. I didn't have it in my top seven. I've got it at nine. But the interesting thing about the Shape of Water is 
at, at no point would I say it's like a boring movie. There's a bunch of movies on my list where I would I'm not watching it this afternoon and forget it. <laughs> but Shape of Water is <laughs> it is interesting. Michael, I'll, I'll watch anything with Michael Shannon. Yeah, you know? yeah. And Sally Hawkins uh, uh, as yes. the lead female is wonderful. She's actually in Paddington one and two. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and she's just amazing in everything. So there's a lot going for the movie. I'm not saying this is terrible, but it, as a best picture. Mm. It's kind of like, all right, let's move on to next year's. You I know, do, it's that I, sort of thing. I remember watching this on a on a Sunday afternoon, and I, and I was already on a little bit of a downer because I had to go to work the next day. And then after finishing this movie, I was full blown depressed. Even though <laughs> it's like a love story that ends yeah. good, like yeah, yeah, I, I was just really. It's such a morose movie. I also think, it's but a, I don't it's think it's example. a bad movie. But it's Del Toro also softening. Like the edges on what he's done in the past well, as well, because he, you know, to 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 kind of be embraced mm-hmm. by by the establishment. Well, and when I, I when I know. when I was looking at the list and I saw Shape of Water, I was thinking, Pan's Labyrinth. Like yeah. that's just I haven't Re- seen that in a while. I gotta watch that again. Can I just tell you now what the other ones up for? And this is once we've hit that period where they're making ten films the nominees. Um, we the <laughs> other the other <laughs> movies that year. Something I know you like, Bruce. Mm. Call me by your name. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay. We've got Nolan's Dunkirk. Yeah, another oh, great film. Trage- We've got Jordan Peele's Get Out. Wow, what a year. year. We've got The Phantom Thread. We've That's got a great whoa. film. Spielberg's The Post. We've got three nah. billboards. It's all right. Uh, yeah. We've got, uh, and the other one is The Darkest Hour. Oh, no, and Lady Bird. He's Lady also Bird's nominated great. that year. Darkest, Darkest Hour is like Churchill? Yeah, that's a Churchill. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, like yeah. Okay. I don't enjoy that. Yeah, much. it's not. It's not that great. But look, I mean, The Shape of Water versus Call Me by Your Name, Get Out, Three Billboards, The Post. No, not name the, the post, other ones. It was what was um, before Call, me, call me by Your Name, Darkest Hour, Dunkirk, Get Out, Lady Bird, Phantom. I think Fred. it should have been Dunkirk. I think Dunkirk is for me the only really very good movie Nolan's ever made. I, I, but I also think Get Out. Like, yeah, I think Get Out is a, is, a, is a special. Movie. I would have taken any of five over Shape can of I, Water. Can I just say what the Shape of Water is here in that list? Yeah. The safest. Yeah. I think oh, that's the no, no. And I think thing. when it came out, people said, hey, we could get in trouble if we go Get Out. Is it safe? Right? Though, Let's it's, go it's, it's Shape. It's a bloody weird movie. It's yeah, weird but, as well. it, it, but this is what Hollywood is sensational. It's quirky at navigating fantasy. transgression, right? Yeah. It's transgressive enough to be. To, to, to get some questions raised, but never enough to commit to a position. The other thing about Shape of Water is, um, yeah, you're right, actually, because it, it's like, okay, it's a relationship with like the alien dude and everything like that. But Michael Shannon, f- as great as that actor is, like he's one of the great actors mm-hmm. in my opinion, but he's such an orthodox, obvious character in that I movie. I mean, it's talk about deflecting everything onto this uber crazy bad guy from the 1950s, mm. which is just like a trope, right? So, I mean, wow, there's so many interesting movies there. I can't believe Call Me By Your Name is worth a hundred Shape of Waters. <laughs> you, know, you, can't, you can't quantify art. <laughs> well, that's why it's at number six. Uh, moving on. Now we are... <laughs> I just feel sorry for all the cast and crew that worked on Shape of Water because we're like trashing all these movies. Yeah, and, but yeah. they got an Oscar and we're a couple of hobos. Yeah, they're, 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 they're not doing that for themselves. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so now it is back to Herschel mm. to give us the fifth worst film. Now look, You're I ro- think this is going to stir a few people. No, okay? Herschel's writing I'd it down for me. Yeah. i got a couple that I think may be controversial, but... Okay. <laughs> 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 
Very nice. I thought a lot about it. Okay, <laughs> I thought right. a lot about um, this. Don't forget that this. refrain from um, very nice. Yes. It has to stay with us. Yeah, we've got to keep it going. Okay, it's so also, good. my wave. we got to bring that in whenever we can. This is... Uh, <laughs> Oh, I, well, yeah, I, I'm just going to say it. I'm controversial. It 2013's, this is our fifth worst film, 2013's 12 Years a Slave. Oh, interesting. I didn't have that. I'm not going to veto it. I didn't have it in my mm. uh, bottom seven. Did you have it in, the, in, in your top list? No, no, no. It's All just right. like it was part of that the middle general, ground. you know, yeah, the, the muddle in the middle. The seven yeah. in the middle we've got. Yeah. Uh, eight What's middle. interesting about this movie is when it came out, People talking about Steve McQueen, that was like his yeah, real breakout, yeah. right? I don't think it's a great Steve McQueen movie. Here's another issue. Sure. The, the, and, and obviously it was Steve McQueen. It was Michael Fassbinder. It was... Um, Brad Pitt. Yeah. That, yeah. Producing and... Pro- um, and he produced, yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah. So the thing I... The issue Hang I've on, got with... Hang on, acting it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. The thing I've got with it is, like, when I look at the list and the way I think about this list is, I ask myself, to what extent does this movie actually say something new and massive and important. Mm. And I felt that Steve McQueen has been great, just not here. This was, we we went to the movies to watch it. And I remember thinking, like, it's very confronting, but a movie needs to be more than just very confronting mm. to be a great movie. And I was, it I, aside from winning Best Picture, this won a ton of Oscars. This mm. was all over the place, wasn't I, it? I think it was one of the, um, Look, this is going to sound controversial. I think this is one of those films that just makes sense for the Oscars. You know, it's a kind of washing of but, so, histories so, so, of the past. So the phrase I want to use is, I think this movie is a moment in time. Like a lot of the movies that I pick here, they're moments in time. They don't, they don't, they don't have long. I agree that they're definitely not about the you know aesthetic, you know, distinction. I think there are moments in time. I think they do something, you know, was to this 2013, mm. the Oscars is having a tough run, you know, uh, in terms of white Oscars, in terms of, you know, cultural diversity. It helps. But the best picture of the year for that year, no, I don't Well, so let me much. tell you what it beat out. Uh, the other nominees that year were American Hustle, Captain Phillips, Dallas Buyers Club, Gravity, Her, Nebraska, Philomonia, and... What we've covered on the podcast, The Wolf of Wall Street. Now I <laughs> Bruce's feel face. physically <laughs> ill. Because <laughs> Wolf of Wall Street, uh, fine, I accept me, it I, didn't win. I don't win. put Wolf of Wall Street to win that. What, you, what, what movie? I think... I think Philomena. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think her is oh, okay, one of... Her's is, okay, her, I, I think her, that's one of the most... But there are literally only two or three decent movies in that whole list of ten. Mm-hmm. The rest of... When's the last time? Have you both seen her? Yes. Yeah. I, I like yeah, this. I mean, no, no, no. I, I really like her. I but, think it's one of the great movies. But Wolf of Wall Street is just, it, it's, I reckon that movie got overlooked because it was too controversial and people couldn't handle it. I can't believe they gave it a 12 Years a Slave. Look what out, about Dallas Buyers Club? He's fired up. We've got him. We got him on the Wolf of Wall Street there. <laughs> wow. Yeah, Dallas Buyers Club. Uh, yeah. No. All right. Well, there it is. We have picked that at number five. Now it's time for our fourth. Worst film, and that's decided by Bruce Isaacs, drafter yes. A, pro, uh, associate professor. Um, what is your <laughs> <laughs> professor? Uh, assistant to the professor. Um, oh, what wait, is your four? Okay, well, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> the first shot across the bow. It's an award um, from the uh, the earlier period here. 
it is kind of a um, well done for making a bunch of other films uh, the following year, the previous years. We're talking about Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings Return of the King. That's insane, I reckon. Herschel! <laughs> wow. Hey, if it's insane, pal, use one of your Vitas. <laughs> use a Vita. The reason I say it is, look. Wait, wait, if you're going to argue for it, I'd like to know why, Bruce, why you've put it here at number four. This is I, what annoys me. This is really surprised me. This is what annoys me about the American establishment, okay. right? Is, um, this was a monumentous achievement. Oh, I'm not saying it's a bad movie. I mean, I, uh, firstly, I think Fellowship is much better than the other two. Like, I, I'm not That's saying, the first I'm not saying, thing I'm I don't know say. what it won. I'm not saying it deserved its 12 Oscars. Yeah. But... Like as a spectacle, it, it, it won twelve Oscars, and <laughs> it's also one of the only films I'm sure that's in the top twenty box office receipts of all time. It's in this list. I mean, I think those films are dated for me. Uh, I've just watched them recently again. Uh, as an achievement, storytelling wise, I think that's its strength. I don't necessarily think it's all the effects, the world building. I, no, and but so I on. agree. With you. So, but uh, there's a ghost it's army. It's just. This, I mean, Return of the King, I think, is by far the worst of the three, and they gave it by a mile. Um, I think there are heaps of just conveniences in the way they shoot it. I mean, I don't know if people remember, but in Two Towers, a tree walks across the film Mm. for the whole film with Mm. two guys in it. I love that. I love Two Towers. I love love the tree. Are you slagging it off? Yeah, I'm I'm saying. (laughs) I'm saying narratively (laughs) See that? He goes, the tree walks, and we're like, yeah, it's amazing. I love (laughs) it. I'm going, yes, I am slagging it off, Craig. I don't need to see a tree walking across bloody Middle Earth for 180 minutes. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I, I just think these films are trumped up. Right, I think wow. they trumped up because it's a certain milieu, and I trumped think up in the Donald Donald Trump <laughs> of the word. I, well, a very good film. A, um, <laughs> <laughs> I I think they are way less of an achievement than they were made in the media and in the pop culture wow. space. I am going to use the veto here. Oh no, my I'm god! Oh. I'm, I just well, I'm voting it next again. He's going. <laughs> I'm coming. No, no, no. If you veto a movie, you can't bring the movie back. No, you, you can. What, in the very next go, well, I can do it? Yeah, you can't use it now at number four, you but you could strongly. play it at number one. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. To Peter Jackson, just stay tuned. <laughs> no, here's okay. okay. The reason I video it is because when I look at the list of turkeys that we've got from the year 2000 to 2023, in my I can't fit Lord of yeah. the Rings, Return of the King into this Are you list. willing to say where, where you had it ranked? Yeah, or can where, you not say now? Tell Don't me it wasn't in your top seven, though. No, no, it might be. Okay, so if I it is, go. you don't have to say. Oh, that's true. You can't I, say I didn't. No, I didn't have it in my worst seven movies. Yeah, but no, no, but I'm saying, did you... I don't have... Okay, No, no, are you able to say, like... I only ranked ten movies for this worst one. And I can tell you that it wasn't in my ten. Okay. Okay. So I don't know where it's going to place next week when we... Well, I ranked all of them, and I had the fifth worst. <laughs> no, you're doing fourth worst right now, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, but, but oh, you've got to take it out of Gladiator. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, well, then that is a, a veto for Return of the King. It is now saved from the worst off list, and it may appear in the I'll best I'll tell you right Bruce, now, Peter Jackson. This, this may end up in your, lucky, in your best of. This may end up in your top seven. <laughs> I'll veto that in a split <laughs> second. So, Bruce, I'm going to need you to give us a new. Position number four, um, and I'm just wondering. And I'm very proud to do that. All right, I want you to write it down. I want to remind sure. our listeners at home some of the things that are still out there. We've got Coda, Nomadland, uh, Parasite. We've got Spotlight out there, Birdman, um, The Artist. Okay, I am now seeing what Bruce, <laughs> unbelievable, what Bruce <laughs> has written. It was an innovative film for its time. 
Um, directed by a, a what I believe is Scottish or British director. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, it really did popularise the catchphrase, who wants to be a millionaire? <laughs> <laughs> what, what is this movie? I don't know. <laughs> it is the film Slumdog Millionaire. Okay, yeah, okay. So Danny Boyle. Um, yeah. 2008, mm. we're at the Oscars. Let's and not forget, this dude made train spotting, okay? Which and is a it great won film. Best Picture for Slumdog Millionaire. Yeah. Let's just get real for a second. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Herschel, how do you feel about this? Are you happy with. I'm actually happy with this. It, um, so it's interesting. I had Slumdog Millionaire at the. Eighth position. Okay. This so film I, made Dev Patel a star. I know. A superstar. It's innovative. It had songs. Yeah. It had. It brought in. Like La La Land. No, but I mean, it was bringing a Bollywood yeah. aesthetic. I mean, it was I mean, bringing, I think brought it was, by again, a British it's person. It's a Bollywood thing. It's that let's give this movie something for its good-hearted attempt to bring another film tradition But also into in the a colonialist mindset. Yes. It's yeah, like so, a white oh, man doing Bollywood is it's no, But it's not just it's a colonialist project. Well, don't but, forget but Triple R was nominated once yeah. by them. I mean, it didn't win. <laughs> it was more like but a But it's polite. not just that as well, but th- it's also a movie about the caste system. Because remember, yeah, yeah. it's a yes. moving between that. It's, it's about love transcending all yeah. of that. So it's also political. I mean, I hate, but I don't like that small L liberal thing where it sort of becomes this critique from a point of view of mm. like American liberal of say the caste system, um, I don't know. Like it's there's so many better examples of exploring that kind of local identity. Herschel, are you happy with it here at number four? I, I'm very ha- yeah, yeah. Look, I'm happy us, with it because yeah. I don't okay, think it's great. A great movie. Okay, well, can I just say what what, what was nominated? Yeah. This is the year 2008 Oscars. Um, the other nominees for Best Picture were The Curious Case of Benjamin Button, nah. Nah, nah, nah. Frost Nixon. Nah, no way. Okay. I mean, if you love conversations <laughs> that literally have already like, been filmed, but you like here people it is talking again. at you. Um, milk. No way. Harvey Milk. Or The Reader. Nah. I hate oh, reader. What a bad year. Not, not great nominees. A lot of people year. got interested in The Reader because of its kind of Nazi Holocaust type thing. Mm. But that, I thought that's that was a, a Kate, terrible Kate, thing. Kate, Kate if you want to see right? a movie, yeah, Kate Winslet yeah. reading to someone. Um, but if you want to <laughs> see a movie like that, have a look at The Night Porter. That's a great Money film. Night that's a really great, great movie. The first half 70s. of Nightport is some of the best stuff in the 1970s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really deals with a lot of the idea of trauma. But so much more interesting than the reader. Skip the reader, watch yeah. the Nightporter. All right, so let's have a look at our position number three and who is nominating. I believe it might be another double up by Herschel. I think you mm. have to yeah, give us. I think you got your right. I'm, I'm a three. Uh, no, am I? it's Drafter B. Yes, you are. So you're position three. And then Herschel, you should know you're also giving us position number two. Mm. Should I do both right now? Yeah, no, just give me your third because it may be vetoed, right? Mm. So we, you have used one veto. Yes. Herschel has used Herschel's one veto. Herschel's used a veto. You've still got two vetoes. Yeah. So let's see if Herschel's going to be tactical <laughs> or maybe he's just going to play with his heart. <laughs> I feel like this is a heart. Because I still have here. a sense that he played very tactically in our last draft show. <laughs> he <laughs> no, did. Yes, he, he did. did. I, I believe actually He was the dirtiest of the I of voted the with my heart. <laughs> I voted with my heart and integrity. <laughs> I find this. I think if I was playing, I'd be up for putting a veto on this. Uh, Would you? I do find it a uh, hard. I, I I don't mind this film. I don't know why. I do think when it came out, when it was nominated, it was the film that was least seen out of any nominee ever. Like the lowest wow. budget. Um, and uh, there was a big, big. It must be 2012. It was a big competition between this and another filmmaker. Because they had once been married. So I am oh, talking yeah, about yeah, 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 yeah. The Hurt Locker. Okay. Uh, Herschel has said at number three, he has put 
the Hurt Locker, and we're, what is that, 2008? So again... Uh, 2009. I'm judging these movies based on the idea, or something that, that I'm thinking about, is to what extent is the story continuing or longer term or definitive? Hurt Locker... You're talking was, about its legacy. Do people remember it and now? It's not, just, it's not just his legacy, but it tells a particular story at a particular moment in time that happened to be popular at the time. Now, that, <gasps> open, that opening Sorry. scene... Sorry. That opening scene... Sorry, of the, the war was on, dude. Of, yeah. the, ...of the assassin shooting... <laughs> I, look, hey, I can no, watch... I mean, that was an amazing... But I, I can watch that any day of the week. It's amazing. That's, that's, I, I agree, I agree. But, like... This is Catherine Bigelow. Yeah, yeah. I also have a massive problem with Catherine Bigelow's politics generally. I think this is an I think they're fascinating. And yeah. I keep pitching for this new season. I've told you, I keep yeah. pitching one of her films versus another. Which movie? We did Remember one of those with, the, with the Blue Steel. No, I want to do Zero Dark Thirty versus another yeah. conspiratorial. I don't like Zero Dark Thirty. Uh, okay, what, I know okay. you don't like I, it, but I that's heard, not the point. I had heard it Sorry. Four, so, did you? Yeah. So, so you had this at I number four. I had Locker at four. And, and I, I think Hurt Lockers are really problematic. Let me, ask, let me ask this wow. question. If you had to watch one of these two movies this afternoon, mm. would you rather watch The Hurt Locker or Blue Steel? <laughs> I'm, I'm going back to Blue Steel because... I would because watch Hurt Locker anyway. No, maybe I'd watch Hurt Locker. I don't know. But the way she... Um, but So you've like got a problem const- with the politics. I, I don't like the way she constructs the idea. She's always treading a line between war is damaging and debilitating and traumatic and war is this kind of gung-ho thing and as a nation. you know, I don't know if you remember her speech at the Oscars when she won. Mm. I was like, you for real? Like the, the narrative she constructs around war is almost like that kind of mythology of the American, you know, mission to to rescue but also everybody. The, like it's kind of Clint Eastwood line. Uh, yeah, very, very so, Clint Eastwood. So she's often pushed as like progressive, but I actually think if you look at the politics of her films, they they're deeply conservative. The film is um, Jeremy Renner returns home from war yeah. and has. Well, trouble, remember, remember yes, that you know. scene when he's shopping. Yeah, and yeah. He's, he's I love that. That's a great scene. That's, no, one, that's the best scene in the film. But um, the, the point I'm trying to make here is that. It's an argument that he he has no place but to be in battle, and that's cool. But like best, I, I think an interesting pairing is something like Hurt Locker and that movie that Eastwood made. And Eastwood is a, is the is, is ab- uh, the American Sniper, American Sniper, yeah. right? And both based on accounts of people who had been to war, right, and who were kind of talking about how. This is the life I lived. This isn't the first time the Oscars have, have rewarded this type of film. Because yeah. if you remember in our podcast for It's a Wonderful Life versus yeah. Chevy Chase in uh, Christmas Vacation we've yeah. done, that film, It's a Wonderful Life, lost the Oscar to a movie that was, what was it, 1941? Uh, um, it was about, it's about the returned, the returned soldiers, the, uh, soldiers from yeah, World from War II. So yeah. No, no, I mean, this is a huge thing in American culture, right? Mm. The idea of... Um, to serve your country, and the greatest service you can have is military service. And so the idea of exploring that, but Bigelow, I think, in, in like it pretty openly aligns that with a kind of American nationalism. You know what would be a good comparison is Ang Lee's film, the one that he shot in digital, uh, like a high frame rate, which is all of them going. It's 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 a troop of army people, um, soldiers, I guess, going to a big football event. And it's just all kind What's of real time. It's amazing. It. I saw it in cinema in the US because it had oh. such a short run. Check it out. I don't even know. Yeah, that. it was one that was slotted between a couple of blockbusters. But it, uh, I saw it in a cinema. It yeah. played in high frame rate. And it just looks like TV. I just kept going, yeah. what? And at some point, Vin Diesel and Steve Martin are playing <laughs> like elder soldiers. It's so weird. But it does oh, a good job well. of portraying post-traumatic. Um, it is called Billy Lynn's 
long halftime walk from 2016. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah, I'm yeah. definitely going to look you, that up. If you're interested in the, the politics we're discussing now, have a look mm. at that. It's a fascinating film. Uh, sorry, go ahead. The no, final thing I want to say about Hurt Locker is that for all, like, the mechanistic nature of the filming of it, the clinical nature of it, at the end of the day, it's just a very sentimental movie about... You know, U.S. colonialism. Yeah, like that's that's really what but it plays out the, to me. The, don't you think it's also like a, a vindication of any action, right? Because what had what what happens is what had to happen, and, uh, and I I just yeah. find that really troubling. But the other thing I want to say is, so if we look back at Le- Herd Locker, right, mm. that war is now described as an absolute failure, like a yeah. travesty of justice. So does that change the movie? Because that's well, saying me, it's, a ne- sure. it's a necessary war. These people are heroes, tragic heroes. Mm-hmm. But when you look back at the war now, that's like awful. So that it's a moment in time, and for me it's been recoded. So mm. it's rubbish. All right, well, there is no- <laughs> That's why I love, and in short, it's rubbish. That's why this podcast is placing it at number three of the worst <laughs> Best yeah. Picture Oscar. Yeah. I had four, so I'm happy with it. Yeah, that. all right. Let me tell you what else was nominated that year. This is when we're doing 10 Up in the Air. <laughs> Up. Now, that's an animated film. That's right. a that's brilliant a great movie. Okay. Wow. A Serious Man, the Coens. We got great Precious, film. dot, 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 based on the novel Push by Sapphire. We have An Education, District 9, The Blind Side, Inglorious Bastards. Oh, gee. And then the big one that everyone was pushing in the media was Avatar by James Cameron. I mean, like, okay, I don't like Avatar, but if it had won, I'd go, okay, kudos, you should get it. I think Inglorious should have got it. Tarantino's never won. You should have given it for Inglorious. Uh, Not Hurt Locker, though. Wow. Well, there it is. That's why it is at number three. We are down to our final two, and now Herschel gets to have pick number two, and Bruce will be coming with number one. Herschel has one veto left. Bruce, you still have two. This better be what I had. Uh, well, okay, so, All right, so we're about to find out. Could you write it down on a piece of paper for me? Right. Just a reminder to those listening at home what uh, is left. We've got movies like Parasite. We've got No Country for Old Men. We've got The Departed. <laughs> we've got the Departed. Just, uh, we've got <laughs> Chicago. Mr. Cellophane. Um, and we've got A <laughs> Beautiful Mind. But what we have written down by Herschel... Position number two, he has selected Crash. Yes, that there was my is, at number you two. Yeah, that is two as well, did you? Yeah. All right, tell us about Crash, Herschel. The interesting thing about Crash is, so for the life of me, I can't work out this how a group of people yeah. sit down and go, this is at the pinnacle for an entire, <laughs> <laughs> the, the creative experience for an entire year, this is at the pinnacle. The other thing is if you put Matt Dillon in a movie, I can't get. You I can't, can't your get. Your argument can't be based on no, Matt Dillon. Okay, I can't get something about Mary out of my head. <laughs> okay. So, especially the prosthetic yeah, teeth so, he's got. On. You know that? I mean, there's an awful scene where Matt Dillon, like, basically, what he, what he does, he sexually assaults that woman at the, yeah. the stop. That's actually a really. It's tough really scene. a horrible mm, scene. Yeah. Um, I don't. Once again, like, and you know, this has actually been a very interesting thing for me generally as a as a moment of study because. What this has told me is that the the Hollywood people over here <laughs> have very closely spoken to the political trope of the day. They do that consistently. Yeah. Mm. And and that's really disappointing because it's less a creative experience and more really a publicity stunt. Absolutely. And, and, I, and I think people should acknowledge that. That's that's the thing that the, the, people make fun of, oh, the red carpet, who watches it? No, you should watch the red carpet. The red carpet is the greatest insight to the Oscars. So yeah, like, Crash for me is, you know, there is absolutely nothing 
special about this film. And at a moment in time, it's really not that interesting. Um, so, yeah, it's a weird one. It's so weird for me. Mm. We're talking about Paul Haggis, the director here, and it is uh, set in L.A. And it's I think I told it, you guys that I do a, I do a lecture in yes. the Hollywood course uh, where I, I contrast Crash and Spike Lee's Do the Right Thing. <laughs> and my kind of provocation to the students is uh, Do the Right Thing is a film about race made by a black man. Mm. And Crashy is a film about race made by a white man. And mm. that's stunningly on show if you put these two movies together. In I a mean, way, it's like um, it, Green yeah. Book, which is a film about race made by a comedian. <laughs> so so I, interestingly, the two films that we get, two and one, are, in my opinion, two of the most like regressive films. Well, in look, terms of we, race. Don't oh, we don't know what number one sorry, okay, sorry, Let's sorry. build some tension okay. here. <laughs> Let me okay, talk but about But can I also say. Yeah. Crash was, an, again, an attempt for the Oscars to get some points with diverse communities. Because mm. um, remember, it's not just about black people, right? It's about um, Latino immigrants. It's about people from Mexico crossing the border. Well, so it's covering off it, every kind of minority politics. It's an attempt. And it's shocking. And if you look at the structure of it, it's really trying a Robert Altman yeah. But it's a hopeless movie. But, and, you know, because it's not Robert Altman, right? It's Paul Haggis. I mean, and I got nothing against Paul Haggis, but th this movie is like, I'm going to help you understand race, but I'm going to use a club and I'm going to beat you over the head. Let me tell you what else was nominated that year. We have Good Night, Good Luck. Remember? <laughs> it's okay. Clooney. It's okay. Um, we have Spielberg's Munich, his nah. um, nah. attempt to understand what happened with the terrorist attack <laughs> and the Israelis going after them. We've got the beautiful Philip Seymour Hoffman in Capote. That's a great film. Um, but yeah, uh, but I, best so but far of the list you've got going. Well, this is going to break your heart because what oh, I know what it is though yeah. was Brokeback Mountain. Well, this is the famous well, year of Brokeback, mm -hmm. right? And remember Annie Proulx, she, oh, she she lost, lost it. it. Yeah. Well, lots of people lost it. The entire critical community like, lost and it. And really, yeah. like seriously, if Ang Lee was ever going to win, that he already got hammered on Crouching Tiger. Yeah. So if he was ever going to win, it was Brokeback. And the truth is, right, uh, it doesn't matter what people now think of Brokeback in terms of its politics or its depiction of sexuality. Uh, and there are people who are critical of it and people are really positive about it. Mm. It's just an extraordinary movie. It's Heath Ledger, I think, gives maybe the best performance of the 21st century in that movie. Whoa. You know, um, There's a list it's of the just, future. <laughs> it's just <laughs> incredible. And the fact that this little-known movie decide, like, you know, just kind of cuts its knees off because it's more convenient. Because I don't know if you guys remember, Brokeback was massively controversial globally. Yeah. Do you know, guys remember that in Queensland some of the cinemas banned it? What? Did they? Yeah, yeah, because I was teaching Brokeback. Banned right? in Queensland. And there I did a whole is. bunch of research about it. They banned it for a while. Then there was some sort of um, application made and they had to, re they had to screen it. They, mm. they were forced to. But like, it's important for us to remember what Brokeback like what it was, there was a stigma attached to it. And it's clear to me what happened. The Oscars were not courageous enough to give it to Brokeback and okay. gave it to Crash because it's easier. For the folks who are listening to this as well, um, a lot of people have seen Brokeback, but if you haven't read Annie Prue's short yes. story, mm. it, it will level you. Yeah. Like seriously, you can an hour, an hour of your life and you'll be yeah. changed. It's changed just an utterly. amazing show. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, uh, and especially if you're into the American Western. This, oh, you know, we, we did Power of the Dog last year, right? Mm. Like last season. 
um, there are a handful of westerns that are just so sophisticated and just so kind of rich in terms of the way no, they look at the genre. And this funny, was one of them. You, you say a movie like Power of the Dog, right? And yeah. then I look at the list. That I, I look at the, you know, <laughs> I look at the refuse that we're dealing with here. <laughs> wow. And then I think to myself, so many of these movies are moments in time. Power of the Dog is going to stand the test of time yeah. because it just happens to be a wonderful piece of narration. Although it was re- a, a lot of people from the gay community didn't like it. Like there was a lot of attacking of it. Really? Yeah. Right. Because, it, you know, it's, it's perceived to sort of pathologize homosexuality. Mm. You know, that, that sort of traditional. Making it uh, pathology, meaning making it. Uh, like a bad uh, thing. A bad thing. Like, thing. Almost like a disease. Brain, like like, like yeah. there's something As wrong with you. As opposed to just but that's, a lot. That, yeah. but, um, that's, yeah. but to, to an extent, that's that's the, the critique of silence, the modern critique of silence. Of the oh, uh, well. In fact, a lot of people have connected the two. Really? Right. I okay. mean, uh, like, right. you know, Philadelphia, yeah. silence. Cruising uh, as well cops that cruising, yeah. because it equates it to serial killers. And interestingly, and cruising is also an absolute masterpiece. Yeah, you know, but but is you know people perceive to be problematic. So that now brings us to our worst film of the twenty-three years since the year two thousand. And let me tell you our list so far. We have ranked this is best picture winners. <laughs> this is like we're just asking for trouble, isn't it? But well, what are the Oscars going to come up and call us? Okay. Yeah, so number seven, we have got the year 2000's Gladiator. Number six, A Shape of Water. Number five, the fifth worst film, 12 Years a Slave. <laughs> Why is that here? What? 12 Years a Slave? Okay. Yeah. Number four, Slumdog Millionaire. Number three, The Hurt Locker. Number two is Crash, and Bruce has written here for number one. <laughs> no surprises, as you um, um, if you listen to this podcast, you'll know exactly what it is. We're looking at a film by the Farrelly brothers. Oh no, it's just one of them. I think it? it's just Peter. Peter. All right, it is Green Book. Yes, a, uh, we didn't need a drum roll for clumsy that one. attempt at race. At, I mean, talk about it's more than clumsy. It's the worst that Hollywood represents. It's it's almost race as some kind of commodity silliness that's going to help the Oscars kind of get a little bit of street cred. Mm. But it, there's no credibility to it. It's just a terrible representation. You know what's fascinating? And the other thing that's fascinating about this is um, the dude who's the star of Green Book is also the star of Moonlight. Yeah. And so can you get two movies I mean, further this is what's apart? extraordinary, right? And they're not even that split by time. If you think about yeah, it, yeah. the guy the Green Book is 2018, Moonlight 2016. So it's only The Shape of Water between I them. can't even believe that. He does Moonlight, which has this incredible pedigree. Um, you know, it's a very important play, so important to the black community. Skips a year, comes back on Green Book with Peter Farrelly. <laughs> Yeah, what, but you what know, is going like, on here? I, I don't, I don't, I don't criticize uh, like an actor for taking an opportunity, right? Like he saw something in it, whatever. Yeah, but can't you see there's a but political conflict between these two movies? I don't get that. Well, yeah. it's what Dee Wallace taught me. Sometimes you just got to get paid. Yeah, I mean, and I look, and I respect that. I would never criticize a person for having to get paid. Yeah, but I wonder, like, how he feels about the charge that you know, Green Book is extremely reactionary, politically conservative film, but then he. Moonlight was received as a voice of the community by a black artist mm. uh, set in a black locale. You know, all these, these tropes that we look for, then he hops over to this sort of thing. Yeah, look, Green Book for me is, a, is the weirdest of films. Um, Viggo Mortensen, I, I just watched him in um, History of Violence, Cronenberg's mm. movie, yeah. which is pretty good. Like, it's fun. You know, you love it for the nude fight scenes. Well, <laughs> no, no, no. That's the you're talking about Eastern Promises. Uh, Eastern Promises. Oh, sorry, sorry. But, but yes, I do love that movie so the, for those nude fight scenes. So, what's Viggo Mortensen? I think he's a pretty good actor. 
He's obviously come off Lord of the Rings, so mm. he was this huge mm. star and everything. But it's weird in Green Book, even that character is marginalized. <laughs> and through that character, yeah. an entire community is marginalized yeah. there. Mm. So it's the strangest of movies. I see Green Book as like the obverse of something like Raging Bull. Raging Bull is about Italian-American immigrant communities, but so authentic to that space and that time, right? It's a particular kind of masculinity of the space. Green Book is like, I'm going to try and invent that community, but it's not going to be anything like the community. It's I'm just going to make it whatever I need it to be as a trope in this movie so we get some kind of political feeling good about ourselves at the end. That's really what it felt like to me. Look, there it is. It, it takes out our <coughs> top position. It is the worst film in the last 23 <laughs> years that has won the Best Picture. Yeah. Uh, let me tell cool you, though, isn't it? Let me tell you the, 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 yeah, what was the nine others. We've got Adam McKay's Vice. That was his follow-up to... It's okay. Yeah, it's, it's okay. Fine. It's it's not, it's yeah. we got the Bradley Cooper, Lady Gaga, A Star Is Born. That's okay. That's we have something that's going to hurt to hear, Roma by Quran. Unbelievable. Yeah, we've got the favourite, uh, Yorgos, which I love. What um, was that? Lobster? No, no, the favourite. Uh, <laughs> no, not I my favourite. I thought you were saying the it was favorite. your favourite. No, no, okay, no, no. The no, favourite, no. yeah, which the is, favorite. that's good. Um, we've got this uh, head shaker, Bohemian Rhapsody. I really didn't like uh, that. What the hell was mm. that? Then, listen to this. We've got the Marvel film Black Panther, which did so much for at least yeah. the black community as a, you know, to have a I superhero. I also have problems with that movie. Well, here's the one that really hurts, and it hurt him once before, and it hurt him again this time. It was Spike Lee's The Black Klansman. Oh, that's, of course, that's yeah. the no, moment no, of the like Black most Klansman. Of, an yeah. amazingly uh, cri- but you know critique of race. I, I, I'm going to sort of push back a little bit on that one. I don't think it's top draw Spike Lee. No, it's not. But it doesn't matter. I'd rather it got it than Yeah, but Green that Book. versus Green Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. so, well, that's why Spike Lee lost his mind at the Oscars that night, yeah, that night yeah. right? Yeah. He, he lost it. Yeah, and he really stormed out of the cinema, the theatre, and he he couldn't watch it. You know what this whole thing has has taught me, though? What I'm interested in is a conversation around, okay, what movies have stood the test of time and become actual sort of... Like important. Yeah, important moments in creativity. I am convinced if we did best pictures from, say, 1960 to 1980, mm. we would see a completely different legacy of those films than of the 23. And it's funny you should say this because at. I went 1970 yeah. to the end of 1980. Yeah. And you're I mean, absolutely right. I mean, and, it's, and it's not just the Best Picture winners. You look at the nominees, it's a different idea. They're not trying to make statements about the I just the, think it's a completely different idea of aesthetic So what am I hearing here in the last 23 years? Are we saying it's, it's all reactionary? It's all... I I, I don't I think I think, I think Hollywood has become much more monolithic. I think it's you can't really step out of the lane, or you're just not going to get greenlit on anything mm-hmm. for a major studio production, or even even an independent thing has to toe a certain line. Well, there yeah. was just so much more agitation. In I think the it's 60s a function of like I was thinking a lot about this, and I think it's a function of two things. One is a very limited, rigid corporate structure, like a financial structure yeah. that you have to be safe. Because you can lose a ton of money now. And, and that's just the reality of the day. The second thing is, it's like a hyper-media culture. Mm. So anything you say is going to be amplified a million times. And you'll be held accountable long-term for that statement. So you have yeah, to be so you very, can't take risks. So you right? have to be very careful. With statement or slap. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you yeah. have to be very, very careful what you're saying. Yeah. Because it, it not only impacts this movie, it impacts the actors, it impacts the director's careers. What, so what are the radical movies of yeah. the last 20 years? You, I can't, a handful. Well, you, what we're doing next week is where we yeah. look at the nominees, but we also talk about our favourite films yeah. from the yeah. last yeah. year. So I'm, and I'm there really are films that. that I'm like, 
I, how, I'm how now ranked not, like, in my top 20 films of all time yeah. now from last year. That I'm like, these are great movies. They're nowhere mentioned in the Oscars. I'm like, what is going on? Like, and it's it, really frustrating looking at this list when Craig sent it to us. I looked at it and thought, yeah. wow. This, I actually found it quite dispiriting to look at these movies because I thought, wow, you can see what's going to happen with film culture if these are your favorite movies because these are all – most of them are safe. And that's what I don't want cinema to well, be. Well, I never want cinema to be safe. Well, thank God that there are films being made that aren't safe. Like just yeah. watching Saltburn or Bottoms yeah. and films like that where I'm like, yeah, man. Oh, can I just it. say as a quick shout out, I watched Bottoms. Oh, I'm gonna <laughs> can I just say to everybody, watch it immediately. It's one of the it. funniest can things I've seen in such a long time. Okay, remember so you, good. Remember you call me up and you go, that, that, the teacher with the dreads, he's like nuts, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's, okay, he's, do you know he was a linebacker in the NFL for 12 is years? That, wow, he's very good. And I just want to say also the lead, one of the leads... Uh, who's also in the bear? Uh, the yeah, um, Io, yeah, she's she's remarkable. Just in bottoms. Yeah. Where's she? No, why isn't she nominated? I have no idea. So she's just actor. Like, what happened opinion, to that? I know she's got a lot of kudos coming out of bear, right? But in bottoms, I think, I think she stands. She towers over. Oh, the, I think the she's group of she runs she's, that whole movie, right? So so that's what I mean about the Oscars. It's easy to nominate the obvious people. What? But you don't nominate an astonishing performance from Bottoms because the movie's called Bottoms and because it's a kind of Revenge of the Nerds updated and in a really interesting and intelligent way. Mm. Right? I also want to do a shout out to the quarterback in Bottoms as well <laughs> because that performance. <laughs> that guy's so funny. <laughs> what, about the, what about the scene where they blow the car up in oh, the background and he's like so singing and he's like, oh my gosh. Uh, okay, you should see Bottoms. That, that is a Bottoms strong is recommendation for us. Hey. Um, and for those who don't know, it is a... Lesbian update. It's a comedy. Yeah. It's a sex comedy, but about two women. It's kind of super bad from yeah. a lesbian female point of view, yeah, yeah, which yeah. is just really brilliant. It's very um, worth watching, and and I'm going to talk about it a lot next week. It's directed okay. by Emma Seligman, Seligman, yeah. and and her first film is also fantastic and features one of the main. Who's girls that? Well, I don't know that movie. Oh, it's what's called um, what's it called? But it's set at a wake. Oh, that's right. Shiver Baby is what it's called. Okay. Um, Shiver. I have to check it out. Just Shiver the is the Jewish so wake, and so in LA, it's about this woman who has pretended to be a sugar baby goes to this wake and it's just all set at this one party yeah. and it's just full of angst and frustration <laughs> of this one girl and then her yeah, you, yeah. I don't want to describe anymore but it's no, worth no, I'm watch it. Shiver Baby can I say one film that I'm disappointed didn't make it into it because there was no space for it mm. King's Speech okay so I've got that in my list I, well that's interesting I had it at nine okay wow but I had, I had a bunch of movies in there that I thought Jesus I'm not watching that this afternoon. That's going to be a new trope for me. All right. Well, that is it for today's episode. Um, join us next week as we look at the nominated films and we give our predictions of what are going to win in the 2024 Oscars. So I think the win, the top seven is going to be very interesting. For well, this. that's the following week. That's so the following, following week, yes. we're picking this back up again and we're going to be nominated listing drafting the seven best and amongst that is everything everywhere all at once which has done mm. poorly as poor as green book in some of our yeah. but we also have coda nomadland parasite we have moonlight spotlight birdman <laughs> we have argo is still out there the artist is out there the king's speech i know probably sounds like it won't be making it up there the <laughs> departed million dollar baby Chicago and A Beautiful Mind, which apparently these two boys must love. Love enough to put out of the seven, the worst. And Russell Crowe's not coming in my top seven. What they're all that? nominated for the... Uh, they'll all be up there for our seven. But next week, join us as we 
nominate what we think will win at the Oscars, but we will also talk about what were our actual favourite films and favourite award winners for the last year, uh, things that have not gotten any attention Ooh. or minimal attention. Um, and then, Bruce, you're hosting the Oscars. Um, at my place on the big screen. Well, but no one can go, but no go. Well, you two are coming. We're coming, but Herschel will. Well, we're going to take some photos and stuff. Is, so and live. We're definitely we're going to be live streaming on Instagram at times and Facebook. Really? And oh, don't forget to go and watch um, Bruce's uh, video on the University of yeah, Sydney check that out. TikTok and Instagram of the funniest moments. Don't forget to rate and review us <laughs> wherever you listen, as it will help other people to find us. We're also on Instagram at Film vs Film Podcast, where you can see us at the Oscars. Um, a.k.a. Bruce's house, um, <laughs> watching the Oscars. Uh, that's it. Join us uh, again next week for our nominations and then the following week for our best of the 23 years that have passed. And then we're coming back with a very exciting new season. Can I say I'm especially excited. We've got an amazing concept for the preamble that leads into the film. But let's not let's not talk about oh, nothing at is, all. But, but I just want to say one so thing. Excited I mean, it's, it's because we've run out of Western. We didn't run out, but yeah. the Western well, Sydney locations re, where we grew up, we've covered twenty four. People constantly tell us we love it when you guys talk about like something that you're all interested in, your past, mm-hmm, Western mm-hmm. Sydney, apartheid, whatever. So we, but we're running out of stuff. But right. we literally we, so, we tasked each other with the idea of well. How do you replace that? What can you replace it with? Yeah. And I just want to say that I've now pitched this to a couple of people. I said, okay, we've come up with this idea. What do you think? Gold. Yeah. Same with me. I've said it. Hey, what uh, do you think of this? And I, and, I, and I said it. And they just said, that's brilliant. That's so funny. All right. Join us again. And thank you for listening. Norm. I'm Craig Anderson. I'm Herschel Isaacs. I'm Bruce Isaacs. Join us again for Film versus Film. Take two. Film. Versus. Film. Film.